Are you familiar with the so-called X-Files? Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Hello and welcome to the so-called X-Files podcast um, with me, Vanessa, and me, Peter. Thanks very much for joining us today. Um, this is our introduction to the um, new podcast that Peter and I have launched, the so-called X-Files. Um, so I don't know, Peter, I'm just going to hand over to you just to get a bit of background and um podcast because obviously you've been doing podcasts now for I think about a year now is that right? Yeah so just over a year ago I started uh, the Movie Jewel podcast with a friend of mine um, and uh, after um, a few episodes of doing that with him he decided that podcasting you know wasn't for him um, and uh, I decided that it was for me so I sort of reached out to uh, some uh people in a discussion group that i'm on on facebook um one of them being yourself and uh and kept the concept going so uh that's that's sort of my brief history with with podcasting i absolutely love it and uh looking very very much forward to uh this new venture how about yourself well as you alluded to i um have been on the movie Joe podcast since I think it was about March time. Mm-hmm. I think the first episode I did was March. So I've been coming on um, there maybe once every kind of couple of months, I think it kind of works out at. Um, and like you, I mean, I was quite nervous at the start, but the more I do it, the more I actually really enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. And actually, like you as well, I've done kind of guest spots now on a couple of other yep. podcasts, which I know you've done as well. So. Uh, which is good fun as well, getting to go on other podcasts because obviously every one that you do, the format's slightly different. So, um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's really good fun. And I suppose that kind of brings us on to um, to why we want to do this podcast. But uh, both <laughs> Peter and I are absolutely massive um, X-Files fans. And I suppose it was one of the things, Peter, that kind of made me like your podcast from the start because I started listening along while Liam was still on it. And one of the things that you guys did was talk about connections to the X-Files because obviously mm-hmm. there's so many actors in the X-Files and especially if you're looking at like 90s movies and stuff, there's quite often actors pop up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one of the things <coughs> that really appealed to me about um, Movie Joe. But since we've started talking, obviously, we've chatted a lot about the X-Files and we thought it'd be really good fun to dedicate a podcast to our... It's my favourite TV show. It's fair to say it's yours as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But I'm sure anybody listening would just be quite interested to find out kind of what your X-Files origin story is. I suppose that's probably the best way to put it, <laughs> Peter. Like, when did you come... I mean, we're about the same age. Um, so we would have been about the same age, I think, when the X-Files started. But, like, how did you actually, like, come across it and get interested in it in the first place? Well, I've always been quite fascinated with horror, and anybody who's who, who knows me and has has listened to uh, the Movie Jewel podcast, you know it's 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 uh, it's my favourite genre of, of of cinema, and I've always had that since a young age. Um, and I've told this story before about you know watching 
monster movies and and sort of reasonably light sort of horror movies with my my grandma when I was younger because she absolutely loved it. Um, and she did. She was a fan of the X Files, and I never started out watching it with my grandma or anything like that. I mean, I probably picked it up around about the age of twelve, thirteen. So around about uh, back end of season two, beginning of season three was when I I, I got into it, um, and it was from sort of um, from school really because. Um, I was, am, and, and unashamedly so, uh, a massive geek. Um, so I'd spend a lot of lunch breaks in the what was the computer room at school. Um, and some of the, the older lads, sort of year 10, sixth form, um, would always be talking about it as well. And they would sort of um, talk about the X-Files and Star Trek. And I was never really a big Trekkie, so I never really paid much attention to that. But then... I would just sort of pick that up and sort of and, and and listen to them talking about it and got quite friendly with them and started they started to exchange videotapes and stuff because some of them didn't have Sky because it was shown on Sky One here in in the UK um, so they would start doing it. and then I sort of got in on that so then they you know I would borrow the tapes from them and watch some of the some of the episodes and 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 I just got absolutely hooked with it it was just fascinating it was it was just right up my street sort of monsters aliens science fiction and horror and it was just absolutely fascinating to me and I sort of picked picked that up and 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 then as I'd got you know a couple of years older I started to watch it with my grandma which, which was great um you know unfortunately I think about a year after that she passed away so it was you know but it was always something that was that was quite close to my heart in that way as well because I knew it was something that my grandma who I was very close to um uh, loved and you know and that's so I continued watching it and and was in love with it um all the way through pretty much you know and I had books I had the trading cards all sorts you know I found one of my old art books um because I was uh I was into sort of sketching and things like that and that had pictures of aliens and Mulder and Scully and all sorts in it. It was just, you know, it was. It probably is the biggest sort of fanboy, you know, fandom that I've I've had in my life. I would say. So it's it's just great. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I started getting an it when I was, I think, in secondary so I must have been around 12 so that would have been like 96 um, when did it start was it 93 mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't watching every episode because I wasn't allowed to when I started watching it it wasn't maybe repeated it was BBC 2 it was on when I started watching it yeah. At like nine o'clock at night and my mum didn't let me watch it, whereas my dad did. Like you, I loved horror. I used to read point horror books. I had started getting into like Stephen King. Quite like conspiracy theories. It was quite you know, back before conspiracy theories you know, back when conspiracy theories were fun, you know how now they're not really fun anymore. <laughs> um and they're like, I don't know, they've been jumped on by like the alt right and all that kind mm. of stuff. But back when conspiracy theories were more fun. I quite like stuff like that. And I remember watching the the first couple that like I can remember watching were Fresh 
phones, the one set um is it the kind of detention facility. Yeah. The kind of cannibally one and I've got a very strong recollection of watching Home for the first time because oh, it yeah. was so horrific. <laughs> and everybody at school talked about it for days. But I didn't watch them all kind of properly back to back until I was a bit older. So I started buying what the DVD box sets when I think I must have been in my late teens. And that was the first time I actually watched them all kind of like back to back in order. Yeah. And I was just absolutely blown away, especially by maybe season one to five or something. I just couldn't believe how good they were. And because I'd only ever caught ones here and there, and it was really the Monster of the Week ones that I could remember, Yeah, I found the early conspiracy mythology stuff really interesting because I didn't know what was going to happen mm-hmm. next. Like, I particularly remember the first time I saw Anasazi at the end of yeah. season three, you know, the end of season two. End of season two? Yeah, end of season two. Um, and just and thinking like I was able to like watch the next episode quite soon because I just had to go on Amazon or it might have been prior mm-hmm. Amazon whatever it was at the time and order the next box set. But obviously, <laughs> people watching that at the time had like a whole year or something to wait, and that's like a real cliffhanger. Like that. Well, they, they used to, in fact, they used to, and I used to get them all the time. Is they would release over here anyway, whether it was the same in the states I don't know, but they would have so you would get so you'd have the the cliffhanger so anasazi and then between because generally i think how they filmed it was that they filmed the next part so anasazi blessing way yeah. paperclip which you know those last two episodes were the start of season three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those those would all be filmed at the same time right so they were ready but then they used to release the the videos, the VHSs of all three episodes, mid, mid, mid-year kind of thing. So um, you would get them, you could buy them and see them before they aired as the series proper. Right. Um, and they did that for quite a bit, and I used to get them all the time. Like you know, especially um, those sort of three, four, five. Definitely remember getting. Definitely. And seeing them before they were released on on television. Yeah, I think there were some that were released because I remember watching. Oh, seventh is it seven three one? Mhm. And Nissa, I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it Nissai? Nissai, yeah. And that was like a a VHS that had both of those on it, almost yeah. like a movie. And I watched that. Before and that was before I got round to watching them all, like I said, mm-hmm. like proper back to back. And I remember getting books out of the library. Like I used to get that was again when like, libraries were still. A th- I mean, I think libraries are still a thing, but I don't know if people use them to the same extent. I remember getting like books that were inspired by the X Files mm-hmm. and um, and stuff like that. And of course, everybody at school loved it. Everybody was talking about it, and all the boys in my year were obsessed <laughs> with Gillian Anderson. <laughs> Like and she used to appear in like FHM and GQ and stuff at the time. Like oh, she was. I think she was a couple of years, wasn't she? The the, the sexiest woman in the world in FHM. Sure, yeah. definitely one year. She oh yeah, absolutely. I'm <laughs> not gonna. Den- I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I had. I'd have a massive crush on Gillian Anderson. Oh, I've got a massive crush on Gillian Anderson. She's absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, and I've just recently watched Sex Education, actually, which she's in, the, you know, the most recent series. 
and she's still fantastic. She's still a great actor. She still looks absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, so I suppose you. It sounds like you probably got into it more when it was first released. But as I said, like as I said, mm. I just I just caught bits and bobs here and there, and I was a wee bit later. But I mean, since I've watched them all in my late teens, back to back, I've watched them all a lot, especially certain episodes I've probably seen now. <laughs> like 20 yeah. times 30 times but that kind of i suppose leads me on to what i wanted to ask you about next was what like like i know that you're the same as me you've seen it a lot and it's something of a comfort watch but why do you think you keep kind of going like obviously you loved it but why mm. do you think you keep going back to it well i think there is there's a certain amount of nostalgia to it and the nostalgia effect is is definitely there um but i think it's sort of you know I find myself get, as I got old as I'm getting older and I keep reminding myself I'm getting older that <laughs> you know um, I probably revisit it less I used to revisit it a lot um, my sort of twenties um, when I had the DVDs and things like that and I think um, it is just a very consistent show you know I mean it did you know, you you can point the finger at some of the later seasons, but I think I've appreciated them a lot more as I've got older, and and not been quite so. You know, this isn't the same, and I'm sure over the span of this uh, this podcast we'll get into that. But I think it is just you know, even the effects, you know, sub, more often than not, the effects have hate have aged incredibly well for this series, and. The acting's really strong across all of the seasons. Um, you know, and it was just a phenomenon. And it's just something that affects... It just it just has so many different effects on you, whether it makes you scared. And there are points... You know, I'm not someone who's easily scared by, you know, horror sort of cinema and things like that, but... There are parts of this that are just genuinely scary. There's bits that are genuinely unnerving. There are bits that are just fascinating um, concepts. It's funny on a consistent basis as well, and it you know it just gets you invested all the way through. You're there for the ride, and it's yeah. That's what more do you want? Definitely. Um, I just find it... I don't know if there is a nostalgia thing associated with it, because even though I didn't watch them all when I was younger, I still have this nostalgia attached to when my dad used to let me sit up and watch an Excel's mm. episode. And the 90s... I don't know if the 90s are now, but the 80s were for a while. There's, there's definitely a kind of rose-tinted glasses thing about looking back at the 90s. And even like what I was talking about, about conspiracy theories and stuff, like they just, it seemed like a a more settled time. <laughs> the 90s and the early 2000s. And I could be wrong because it's maybe just that I wasn't as aware of things going on in the world, but certainly the last like 10 years or so, there just seems to be one thing after another politically or mm-hmm. like COVID with, you know, unrest and lots of horrible things. And yeah. In the nineties, there seemed to be at least a period where things were actually quite calm, and it's actually alluded to in one of the X Files episodes. It's um, musings of a cigarette smoking man. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where the smoking man 
is going to quit because they basically say, oh, everything's fine. Like, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no more threats than whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I actually love that episode as, a, as, a, as an aside. But, and I think there is a certain element of just looking back at the 90s. And again, it might be that I was just too young to appreciate maybe some of the things that were going on wider. But mm. they just seemed like quite a calm, nice time. So when you watch, especially early episodes of the X-Files, it just seems like a really, like, nice period. But as you said, there's also the stuff like they're well acted, they're well written. Um, the Monster of the Week episodes do something which a lot of modern TV don't do, which is, like, tell a story in the space of, like, an hour. Yeah. Or in less than an hour. I think they're about 45 minutes when you've not got adverts. So mm-hmm. to have... Uh, you know, obviously the mythology episodes are different, and you know, as time goes on, I think they become not as good anyway. But the monster of the week ones, you can just stick on, and you get the whole story in like, 40, yeah. with the exception of a couple, in like forty-five minutes, and they're really well told, they're really well written. And as you say, you know, there are ones that really scare you, there are ones that really make you laugh. There's a couple that make me cry, um, and it's just really solid TV. Um, yeah. I think basically, and I think since then we've had a lot of amazing TV. I mean, Vince Gilligan obviously did the X Files, um, you know, um, created Breaking Bad, which yeah. was another excellent phenomenon. But I think the X Files was the start of a lot of that really kind of prestigious TV that we've had in the last kind of yeah. like 30 years. Well, that's it. I think it's a very, really interesting point that you bring up there. You know, yes, you've got the mythology, which is a continuing story, and the Mulder and Scully's relationship throughout the series is. Mm is that sort of tether but it is for the vast majority of it you can dip in and out to any episode you don't have to know the history for a good majority of those stories you can just sit and watch it for 45 minutes and and have a a good inkling of what's going on and you think about it what you know other than things like your columbos and your murder she wrotes and things like that there's not a lot of series that are like that. No, no. And I've got a big soft spot for Murder, She Wrote, actually. <laughs> it's funny, when you were talking about watching um, X-Files with your gran, I used to watch um, Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, I gran. used to watch that with my gran as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my gran passed away when I was really, really quite young, but I still remember watching Murder, She Wrote and the Father Dowling Mysteries yeah. and Columbo. Quincy. Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny that, but I've got a certain amount of nostalgia attached to that as well, fully because of murders you wrote. So, obviously, the X Files is um, quite old now, but what do you think? You know, I think there's quite a lot of shows that probably influenced the X Files, and I thought it might be interesting to briefly touch on some of the things that we think maybe influenced the X-Files, like where Chris Carter got his um, influences mm-hmm. from, but also look at maybe briefly think about the legacy of the X-Files, because I think now that the show is 30 years old, it's quite clear that there are other shows that have definitely been influenced by the X-Files and the kind of legacy that the X-Files has left, obviously as well. I mean, the X-Files has come, I mean, something that we'll get to eventually as we're doing the podcast, but it did come back for yeah. two kind of very short limited series recent well say recently i think the first one was 2016 it feels like recently um like what do you think i think there's maybe one or two kind of obvious influences on the mm. X-Files. what do you think are the kind of biggest programs that that and or not even just programs because i thought that i suppose some of it will be film as well probably that influenced the x-files 
Yeah, possibly. I mean, you've, you obviously the biggest one, and the you know in the history of the uh, the X Files and Chris Carter's sort of concept of the X Files, the biggest one was um, Colchat the Night Stalker, which was actually what you know was the big influence on Chris Carter for um, the X Files, which I have tried to watch. I've watched a few of them, but they're not. I didn't really get into it. I couldn't sort of get it. It was it was very seventies sort of. Um, U.S. sort of television series that it was. It was interesting, but it, it just I just couldn't get into it. Um, and then you've got obviously major influences, things like the Twilight Zones and Outer Limits. They're the obvious ones, and things like another one, another program I used to watch with my um, grandma was one called the the Invaders, which was about like an alien invasion. These aliens come down; and they look like humans. Actually, starred um, Roy Thinnis, who's um, in the sort of season three, season four opening um, storyline. He plays um, Jeremiah Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in which that was he was sort of this this guy who knew about the alien invasion, and he was the one who was trying to sort of stop it. And it was really fascinating, quite creepy actually, to be fair. Um, but yeah, things like that really, um, I think they're the, the the major sort of influences on on the X Files. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I don't really if there's if there's any other. I mean, I think it's definitely been a big influencer on things that have come since. Like, even things from the 90s, things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out, I can't remember when that came out now, it was later on in the 90s, and although it had this ongoing story about Buffy and about her love life and etc, <laughs> there was also these, like, Monster of the Week episodes yeah. where they would have monsters coming in and it would be, like, just, like, a standalone story. Um, I think there's things like Supernatural, which I've never seen myself, mm. that um, that apparently is very heavily influenced. And I think even some non-supernatural stuff, like police procedural things have been quite heavily influenced. Even things like films yeah. like Silence of the Lambs and stuff. I mean, I know Gillian Anderson wanted to um, audition for the part of Clarice Starlin and she wasn't allowed because it was specifically in her contract that she wasn't allowed to play another FBI agent while she was playing Is that for Hannibal I think wasn't it? Oh was it Hannibal right? It was okay. Hannibal yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so I know that um, I think when you see some of like those kind of films where it relies quite heavily on the kind of like procedural FBI I think a lot of that because that's another thing I suppose we haven't really touched on yeah, like the X Files has got the alien stuff, the conspiracy theory, the supernatural stuff, but it also has this like if it's not really police procedural, it's more like FBI procedural mm-hmm. stuff. That's like a really big part of it, and like people like Skinner, like assistant director Skinner, and later on is it Kirsch, assistant director mm-hmm. Kirsch. You know, they're really a big part of the story as is things like you know the fact that Mulder's always going maverick and doing things that he shouldn't and you know the X-Files several times get shut down and there's quite a lot of stuff even there's a there's a, a, a funny bit in it at one point where a woman I think is doing the expenses looking at all the expense reports <laughs> that they've put through and some of the stuff and there is quite a heavy police procedural side to it I suppose that 
that you just um I don't know if you take it for granted to be but now because we've seen that so often now like things like mine yeah. and but in the early 90s I don't think that was a common or maybe police procedure was more common like you know your I don't know um I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head from the 80s but I don't think you saw that FBI slant on things NYPD blue yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the closest thing I can think of since, you know, post X-Files uh, and a show that I thought was quite vastly underrated was um, Fringe. I don't know if you ever saw that with Joshua Jackson and um, uh, Anna Torv. That was that was really good. That was probably the closest. It, it did have a consistent story in the last couple of seasons, you know, kept very much to the storyline, the, the overarching storyline. But that had a very similar vibe, even though it had it had connective tissues between each episode, but they still had a lot of almost sort of Monster of the Week episodes as well. And they would all sort of, a bit like modern Doctor Who, where they would, you know, have, you'd have different stories, but then you would have, a, a, you know, an arc across the whole series kind of thing. Yep. And I would thoroughly recommend Fringe to anybody who's actually I've, I've heard I've never got round to it, but I've heard it's really good. Um, great. Is there anything else you want to say just more generally about the X Files before we move on to kind of talking about how we expect the the podcast to kind of look going forward? No, I don't think so. I think we need to get into what we're going to do. I think that'll be interesting to let people know. Cool. Well, I have written some notes, so I'll go through what I've got and feel free to pitch in here whenever <laughs> I get something wrong or whatever. Um, but what we thought would be um, the best way to do it... Now, obviously, you could do an episode on every single episode <laughs> of The X-Files. However, there is like 240. Pete and I both, you know, work, have lives and you know, are involved in other podcasts and things. So we thought that as much fun as that might be, and you never know, you know, if we're ever able to give up work and just solely <laughs> focus on this kind of stuff, maybe we'd be able to do it. We just didn't think that it was feasible for us to run through every single episode in that level of depth. So what we thought no, we would we've got do... Face, we've got to face stupid reality. Yes, sadly. <laughs> sadly trust me, I would much rather be doing this than doing, like, my day job. <laughs> um... But what we thought is that for every season, we would do one episode, which would maybe be slightly longer, covering all the mythology episodes from that season, because they do tend to run into each other with kind of similar themes. We then would pick our 10 favourite Monster of the Week episodes between us. Now, obviously, we don't necessarily have the same 10 (laughs) favourites, so there might be a little bit of kind of back and forth between Peter and I when we're thinking about what our top 10 are. When, you know, we might have to concede on a couple. We would do our top 10 episodes in no particular order, just in the order of the season. And then we would have an episode where we would discuss all the other episodes, the kind of also rans episodes. And then finally, we would have a roundup of the season where we would talk about the highs and lows, the season overall, and have a little quiz that people could join in with at mm-hmm. the end is yeah. that kind of cover it Peter if I missed it <laughs> yeah no I think so I think you know we're, we're, we're going to probably look at different sort of segments as we go forward as well on each each sort of monster of the week episode that we cover 
um and uh you know and, and sort of get a bit of consistency to each episode as well yeah um, i've got some notes written about that actually i could quickly quickly run through if, um, <laughs> if you think that would be helpful i mean they're very messy so i'll see if i can read them but um yeah for the monster of the week um we would just be running over things like the synopsis um kind of general discussion some trivia about the episodes we thought you know, in the Movie Duel podcast, obviously, there's a section where we look to see if there's any X-Files connections. We thought we'd kind of turn that on its head a little bit for this and see, you know, are there any familiar faces in the episode? You know, any of the um, the kind of, can't think of the word now, like assistant cast, um, guest stars. That's Supporting we, cast. Supporting <laughs> cast, who we've seen elsewhere. Maybe have a think about, like, our favourite lines of the episodes and um, kind of final thoughts and for the mythology it would be similar but we would look to kind of link it to the earlier mythology and as the seasons go on I would imagine that we'll maybe have quite a bit to say about the mythology because it's it becomes very convoluted um, so yeah so the, the, the episodes would all follow a kind of familiar um, structure for the also rand we wouldn't go because we would be covering possibly about eight to ten episodes and they also ran we obviously wouldn't be going into a lot of discussion about them we'd be more looking at the best ones the worst ones again familiar faces maybe best worst lines from those ones but we would probably be touching them a, a bit more briefly just because mm -hmm. we'd be covering them all in one episode whereas we would go into more depth obviously with the you know the stand the, the monster of the week ones that we consider to be the the strongest ones absolutely and there might be some uh, some some guest voices along the way as well, possibly. Yes, um, absolutely. And as, as the podcast goes on, you know, if anybody's listening and they want to get involved, I know that this is a TV show that has a very, very strong, still has a very strong fan base. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of, um, there are quite a few, if you look, there are quite a few X-Files podcasts out there already and people are still listening to them. So people are still interested, I think. So if anybody is listening and wants to, you know, wants to pop on or whatever, then, you know, please um, get in touch with us. Eventually, I mean, this is very early days, but eventually we'll, we'll hope to have some, you know, social media presence and stuff set up um, at some point um, once we get up and running. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think that pretty much covers it, Peter. Have I, have I missed anything? No, I think that about sets us up, Vanessa, I think. Fab. So the next episode that you should get from us will be uh, looking at the mythology of season one and the pilot episode, and we hope to drop that in the not-too-distant future. Fantastic. So um, I'll just say um, thanks very much for listening, and uh, Peter, anything else that you want to add? No, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to get started.